Welcome to the Nine Brawl Podcast, where we tackle daily life challenges and apply God's word to illuminate and preserve his truth while leading others to salvation through Christ Jesus. Let's join your hosts. Welcome to the Nah Bro Podcast, <laughs> here with uh, Sean Campbell and Jeff Anthony. Mm. And uh, we are now in session four. Okay. Before we get started, brother, it's always good to see you and have yeah. you here. I look forward to, uh, I'm not going to put a time mark on this one because yeah. we know how we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really look forward to getting into uh, this week's session. So Yeah. Um, which uh, is the taboo word, sex. Sex. And then for uh, other people, the other taboo word, marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and then for a lot of people, redemption. <laughs> hey, yes. yes. So those will be the three topics that we're going to go over today. And uh, so let's go ahead and let's jump into it. Okay, well then, I mean, you said it, so I'm going to ask you this. Why is it... Why have we made it taboo? Uh, I didn't grow up in the church, so I don't know. No. Uh, like, did you I think have I, that? I, I mean, you you just said it. You weren't in the church, so, like, did you have that same message? Well, I think uh, us growing up, there was the, you know, uh, thinking about the Reagans, right? And how much they were pushing the don't do drugs yeah. and then uh, purity. That, that was pushed heavily. Um so I have that. And then um, even though I wasn't a practicing Catholic, the Catholic Church does a very good job of scaring you about sex yeah. and damnation. Um, and that, no, you don't talk about it. You do it to have babies when you're married. Aside from that, no, you don't because it belongs to the devil. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I grew up... In the Church of Christ, and the same message. And, you know, we, we talked about it earlier that because we haven't talked about it, we're almost inviting sin because God created us to have a relationship, which, and sex is tied to that. And we'll get to that, but like, I mean, it was so important. Paul talked about it, about it in his letters to the churches that he had to have known were going to be around forever. And he's like, yep. It's probably best that you don't marry, but because I know you want sex, it's probably better to get married. He was talking about it in 50, sometime between there and the 1900s, we've decided that we can't talk about it. And if we don't talk about it, it's going to, it can only go right. You know, I said it many times that I love my parents. They said, just don't do that. What's wrong with you? Stop it. And by that point, it had been six years for me. They finally caught up. But I can't. I don't know how to do that. We talked about trauma and my addiction that early is tied up in that. But it doesn't, it didn't make it right. It didn't make it holy. It didn't, it wasn't even therapeutic because it didn't make it any better. But that's... I mean, it literally is the conversation the church forgot. It was, it was so important that Paul talked about it in the mid-50s. Church forgot that conversation. And so just we've almost invited sin because 
we don't want to have a conversation about it. So we're inviting Satan in because he's going to talk about it. Uh, Keyword conversation. All right. Sean, you don't have sex because I told you not to have sex. Sean, don't have sex because God said not to have sex until you're married. Sean, that's not a conversation. You're being talked at and not talked to. (laughs) Anytime someone talked at me, it was kind of, nah, bro. <laughs> but you're right. right. Like, it, I can see it in, in Jackson. You know, I get preachy, shuts down. And I shouldn't be surprised because I did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. 30 years ago, I did the exact same thing. So I have to check myself in that because that's not a conversation. That That is one-way communication. And a conversation is two ways. And you can still be right and have a conversation with me and through that conversation because it's meaningful because it's personal because there it believes in and builds a relationship through that conversation then you can bring me back to your position and it's going to work a whole lot better yeah uh, because when we when we get talked to and we don't get any logical th- reasoning or reason why we should not have that or we're, we're going to want to know why why that is. I shared in class about um, an experience I had with a friend that was intrigued with the with my past. And um, I was like, well, well, what's why are you intrigued? Like, what is it? <clears throat> and uh, a lot of it was part of like, because I don't know that experience. I want to experience because I think my relationship with Christ will be better because I'll, I'll have redemption right and it's crazy it's crazy to think that people think that way but it's the part of like well i want to know for myself right it's such a selfish thing you know in retrospect looking at it it's it's very selfish to to be like yeah um my dad told me not to put my hand in the fire so i'm gonna go put it in the fire yeah because i i really want to know the big deal right yeah so uh to today in class you know i approached it in the sense like I'm not going to be, uh, you ever watched South Park? No. No? I just saw some of the highlights. Okay. <laughs> I never... But you know what South Park is, yeah. right? So there's this teacher. It's like and... the, two, the two bravest guys on the planet because they talk about everything. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a whole other <laughs> rabbit trail. That, but... Yes, yes. <laughs> I need to pray know, for you later. No. I, know, I know about <laughs> okay. South Park. So th- they're... There's an episode where they're talking about uh, drugs and the teacher, you know, he has this uh, funny way that he talks and he comes in to educate them about drugs. And he's all like, drugs are bad. okay." And that's all that keeps playing is like, oh, drugs are bad. But there's never like any. Well, why are they bad? Yeah. You know, it's it's just bad. So believe me. Trust me. So, but you didn't do them. Yeah. So why should I trust you? <laughs> so then he passes. He passes out a twenty bag. But um, I know you. If you don't know what a twenty bag is, is basically twenty ounces of marijuana in a little snack. Um, okay, thank you, because I yeah. didn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is it, one area of sin I didn't get involved <laughs> in as a kid. It's um, a, it costs you twenty dollars to get this bag of marijuana and. It's probably not the best marijuana you're ever going to get. It was $20. It's $20. So, 
so he passes uh, this baggie, right? And, uh, and it's a, a, a 2020. Uh, and it's, <laughs> Lord, please help me out here. Okay, so anyways, I'm back on track. So he passes it out just so they can smell it. All right. And then the kids take it. They take a little bit. So now he's introduced it. Right. Right. And we I showed you that clip of the devil's advocate, right? Where Al Pacino's like, oh, don't touch. Yeah. Okay, touch, but don't taste. Yeah. Taste, taste but don't enjoy. Yeah, right. Like he's this absentee landlord yeah. that just wants you to have a miserable life. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what we do. That's what I think white parents make it such a taboo because they don't know how to walk it and how to really talk about it because it's shameful. We've messed that up. Oh my goodness, how we messed that up. Genesis talks about it. The first commandment was what? <laughs> the first commandment was have good sex. Yes. Now, the KJV and the NIV translate that, be fruitful and multiply, but you can't do that without sex. And there's some goodness involved in that when being fruitful is he's telling the first people on the planet have great sex yeah. Yeah. and i'll bless it because yeah. you're going to do it my way yeah and, and we're going to go into uh sex in marriage here in the second part of our podcast but it's so beautiful when you really when he's talking about becoming one flesh that bonding that uh, stacy put it beautifully the imprint that you li- leave on each other yeah you know what i mean it's uh and I mean, it, it, to to take that and make it something so, ugh, that's gross. Like, why? It, it's a shame. It's a shame. So, it's a shame. Yeah, I, I was gonna go somewhere else, but you're you're right. We take like this beautiful thing that that God created, and we say we're not gonna talk about that. You, we're not gonna talk about it. You shouldn't experience it, but because you're not walking me through this, I basically have, well, me, because I like to push the envelope. Well, like, is it really that bad? You know, like with the, the 20 bag, you know, well, it can't be that bad. I mean, you're saying it's bad, but I mean, it's all around me. So I've, why not try it? You know, I'm a failure to everything else. So why not, why not fail at this too? But, you know, we talked about purity culture that, you know, they took the truth and turned it into this, like, trite judgment, you know, where you're giving a piece of your heart away. It's true, and that's essentially what Stacy was saying, but that's the part that we don't talk about. Maybe because some people in the church are perfect when it comes to sex, um, but that was never in the conversation in youth group. It wasn't conversation in men's ministry. It wasn't conversation in the accountability group that I am literally scientifically leaving a part of me there. And I'm, she was doing the same thing with me. And no matter how long it went or how short it went and how many times and how many different people, I continue to put that on my back and it continued to be in the bedroom. So it started in sin and it just led to more sin and more sin and more sin and more sin to the point we're just talking about that I was numb to it 
And because I couldn't just stop at this point, it was so sinful that what's the point in stopping? But as I just told you about, you know, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. It got to the point where it wasn't even cathartic. It was, and mechanical seems like overused and isn't really it. It just, it was because I bit in God's face for so long. He's like, I'll give you what you want. What you want is meaningless. Not only is it meaningless, it's not even kind of good anymore. It is so evil. And I'm not judging you by saying it's evil. I'm just, it's so evil. I will show you to the depth of your depravity. will just lead you to more pain. And there's not even enjoyment in the moment. And I'm not saying that to scare anybody. But that's a valid point in the conversation of, of why sex before marriage is a bad thing. It's not just sinful. It is self-destructive. It is, we're telling God, I'm God. I don't want to, I don't want to follow your rules. And just like the first sin, when Adam and Eve said, no, I'm God. I want to be as smart as God because they listen to Satan. It's doing the same thing. And the same thing for them is true for me today. It just invited death. Yeah. And thank you for, thank you for sharing that. So to go back to the example with the marijuana, we're, right? We're going to say that 20 bags is the sex talk. He didn't, he was just saying it's bad. I'm going to introduce you to like what this material is, right? But I'm not going to tell you why it's bad. Why? Because that person's probably guilty of it. And we don't want to talk about the shame of what that is. So now it's like, it's an off, it's a off limits topic, right? right. That's what taboo means. Off limits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they're afraid to confess the, the bad things. Like, wretched people. Yes. <laughs> so, right, wow. You mean this is continuing from last week? Oh, my goodness. Um, you mean it's all connected? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who put that together? Um, but, right. That's why it's taboo. And you're, you're, you're absolutely right. We have this image, and I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> that we're perfect. Kind of like Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Prophecies. Which Brandon are you talking about? Brandon Robertson. Thank you. Okay. Not the other Brandon. Brandon Brandon Robertson. Yeah. um, (laughs) That's a whole nother podcast. um, Um, (laughs) So to answer your question, why is it taboo? That's that in my own definition, my own insight. That's why we're afraid to show our imperfection. And so, uh, when I converse with my daughter about this issue, right, it has to be steps, but the destination is the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, before I have the sex talks with her, sex talk with her, I have to talk about relationship with her first, because if I don't do this relationship talk, the sex talk is going to be like, what are you even talking about? Right. Right. That's just gross. And that sense, right? Think of a fourteen-year-old yeah. girl. You don't have a relationship talk with her, and you're like, "Hey, um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't allow a boy to penetrate you." Oh my goodness, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Right? I mean, just me hearing that. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> right? Like, give me some hand sanitizer. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It, it feels creepy because it that it is it's just it's really clunky 
and you're right. If you don't, if I don't have a relationship you with you, a mentor relationship, a teaching relationship, a father relationship, you know, we talked about Nathan to David, like we talk about in the men's ministry. If I don't have a relationship with you, I can't speak hard truth. And the same thing with our kids. I don't have a relationship with my kids. I can't talk about the tough stuff. And it's not gross, but it's just, it's not the hors d'oeuvres, you know, <laughs> it's not the, the beginning of the conversation. It It is down the road. It's all connected, like you said, but I've got to have, you know, I need got to meet you first. You know, we've got to, you know, get past the awkward stage. And, you know, when you start talking about these complicated issues, you have to set the conditions to be able to have, make that meaningful. Because otherwise it just, dad's being gross again, you know. <laughs> Because yeah. we haven't had a conversation. We're just like throwing words at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've quit. I haven't been listening. And, and I'm just not listening even more now. And you're going to say stuff that I don't really know anything about. And you're using really offensive words right now. Um, I can't imagine doing that. And since we don't talk about it anyway, that's just even weirder. Yeah. It leads us to where we are. Yeah, and, uh, and so you know, having having that conversation with you, with each other, having a relationship where we can talk about that and be fully seen and feel, fully known with each other, it makes it easier to have the conversations. Uh, me explaining to Ariana is like, oh, why do you want to date a boy? What's the purpose? Is it just to hang out, or is it the part that you want to marry? Then right, and dropping the seed, like, hey, that's that's the goal. Yeah. Marriage is the goal. It, it, if that's not the goal, why waste your time? Right. right? With you the know. relationship. Yeah. You know? you know, and um, so at least that way, you know, so then when we get to the sex talk, we can go back to God's word to be like, hey, this is all a relationship thing, right? Yeah. You and I were uh, in just uh, pre-production. We talked about how God saw Adam, everything you said, everything was perfect literally perfect. perfect and he knew he can't be alone yeah he it should is, it is not good you tend to be alone you said something god had unity right yeah within himself within himself I, I, that was because the trinity goes yes. back to creation and how in genesis 3 when he when the writer describes that, you know, he says we, and that's not the royal we, you know, that's not Queen Elizabeth. He's actually talking Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We need to make man in our image. And he, and just think about that for a second. He, we believe that God is eternal. He's always had that relationship within himself. And the Trinity is complicated, but it, in his essence, he's... Just as eternal as he is, that community has been there too. And that gives meaning to on the cross. Why have you forsaken me? And the night before, let this cup pass for me. Not because he was afraid of the crucifixion. That is, I mean, it hurt. Um, But he was more afraid of that separation because he's had it forever in the past. And it was so perfect for all eternity and it was going to stop i don't want to stupid aerosmith song i don't want to miss a thing Mm -hmm. i don't want to miss a moment 
because compared to that, it's an eternity. And that's the beauty of marriage. Yeah. That's the beauty of sex in marriage because it all leads back to that unity, that oneness. Yeah. Right? What what what's the actual verse? Because I'm gonna mess it up. So let, let me go ahead and open up my Bible. Is it three one? Mm, nope. Because he talks about the fall in two. Yeah, I said the wrong one. Yeah, the creation of man and woman. Yeah. Two, not three. Two. Breathe life into his nostrils. And this is why 15, 16. This is what I love because we're not prepared. We're having a true conversation, right? Or else if we were really prepared, like we <laughs> act like we try to get to be prepared here, it would have been like, oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we just talk. We don't prepare. Yeah, yeah. And the the truth is what a blessing from God because it forces us to get into his into his word and that he puts it on is like, I don't want to mess up his perfect words with right. my translation. Yeah, mis- <laughs> mistranslation, yeah. So 2.18 is when he starts uh, talking oh, to himself. That's being the right <laughs> chapter. <laughs> right. And he's talking about uh, not be alone. I wanted to get to where he's um, telling them uh, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Right. Or is it? Yeah. At last, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman, woman. because she was taken out of man. Um, you know, I'm going to pin that because that's more of a, a marriage conversation. But it, it, it glorifies. But man was made in God's image. Our wives are right in this sense come from our bone, which still God created. Right. Right. But our wives are part of us. And I don't want to derail this because we talk about it in, in, in our Men's Wednesday that we mess it up as men so much in our marriages. Yeah. Right? Galatians 5 gets used. The right, They do a Brandon on 5 very well within the church. <laughs> You're right. Right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it, it, it's just really, um, when it goes in after that, as he starts talking about marriage, right? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his uh, uh, wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The the word naked here, right? We talked about it uh, last, last week, week. Yeah. right? There's no sin. There's no shame. There's no taboo. And there was nothing off limits because... It was all perfect pure pure right the integrity of their pure purity right of following god's order following yeah. those things to be able and not only to be like when i think about it, when he says be fruitful and multiply he's like it's just you two but i don't want you two to be alone yeah i want you to have more yeah and he started giving he gave us such a wonderful glimpse of what it is to be like. And one day, if God blesses you to be like Sean and I, to be a parent, yeah. oh my goodness, you're going to understand even more of God's glory. I I truly yeah. believe that. And, and I had said today, like, and I had mentioned it, the word daddy. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah, because just when you hear that, it just, it feels different. It is 
it is a term of respect because I'm admitting you are superior to me, but it is also implicit admiration. It is built into the word, just enjoyment in the fact that you're my father. Because I can be like a wretched dad. I can be a wretched father. But when we see God as this loving, perfect, but loving and gracious, that's given us good gifts and put parameters on it because he knows what's good for us. And that's the that's the conversation that we can have is, yes, there's a right way to do this. There's a wrong way to do it. You can do the wrong way. And I'll tell you, just like he told Adam and Eve, just like he told children of Israel when they went to king, just like he tells us now, it's going to go badly. But you can do it. You've got free will. You can make this really dumb, really sinful decision. But the church has fallen victim to just that. That's a simple decision. Stop it. We don't say why. Because we're afraid, well, if I tell you about it, you're going to try. Like your, like your friend, you know, Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians, or no, sorry, Romans um, 6, I think. Um, she would go on sinning that grace may abound. You know, he's one of our preachers before, you know, joked from the front. He said, you know, like, man, I wish I had a cool testimony like that man i had this lame testimony i grew up in church my dad was a preacher i never did any sin man he's got such an awesome testimony that's essentially what that is is from the outside man that looks cool like we were saying earlier i can't think of anybody that i dislike that much and that list is really short i try not to go there but like trying to imagine that i wouldn't wish that supposedly self-glorifying sin on anybody like i said before it got not fun it wasn't really fun to start with because it felt guilty but then after a while the just didn't care anymore it was just something that i did because (laughs) within the church i was told that's all i am so and i just need to keep doing this but it's not fun it's Paul talks about it. I was a slave to sin because I felt I had to be there. Other people condemned me to that lifestyle. I hadn't really thought about it before now, but that's, I think that's why it wasn't fun anymore because I was voluntary servitude to sin and slaves don't get much enjoyment out of anything. What I think I heard you say, you ex- you accepted a faith that man wrote for you versus what God wrote for you? Absolutely. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. God was really small to me because I was too big a sinner. I was too wretched. So I agreed with Paul. I missed the rest of that. (laughs) His statement, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Period. Like I quit reading after that because the church said, oh, what a wretched man. Boy, sinner you are. Nobody can save you from this. You're addicted to this. Sucks to be you. And so I I listened to the church, and it led me into more sin. I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. Um, because because we right now we're joking about, not joking, it's very, we're mocking uh, Robinson, uh, Brandon. Brandon, yeah. Right? But our church is doing the exact same thing. They literally... 
did the same thing. They built a stumbling block. They gave you a false narrative to build your life on, to believe it. And you believed it, right? And that's why the, the of us making sex taboo is a stumbling block for so many. Because it's going to lead them to a road of destruction. And we've mentioned it. Destruction is not our, it's not our destruction. We're right. It's awake. Yeah. Right. When a tornado comes through and you just see the wake of devastation. The, it leaves the, a scar. Right. It is horrible. And the tornado's gone. It's gone. Is there any like, and I think that if I was, I think that's what we were. We were literal tornadoes. Yeah. It didn't affect us what kind of damage we left. The people we came through. Through. Were the ones that were left the cleanup, the trying to rebuild, the trying to do those different things. I shared today in class something I, I've I've confessed to you, uh, something that uh, God has blessed me to be able to finally have healing in. But today in class, it was even more real. It in my devastation, this person that was left in that wake, what I did to her was horrific. But what was even worse is that my child, who would have been 23 years old today, was the biggest loss out of everything. And, and I I thank God for putting that on me today because it, it not that I neglected it before uh, this past year, because this year was that year, right? When you did the apologetics class, which is coming this summer, I'll be ready for it. Um, I thank you for that. I thank God put you in my life and put you here at this church to start that healing. Because it was the first time I got to confess to my wife about it. I actually confessed to the group yeah. before I confessed to my wife about it. Wow. My wife knew something was wrong. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, we need to talk about it at home. Wow. But God moved me that day to be like, this was a, that, that was my actual confession that day in class. Wow. And partial confession. Today was probably the completion of the confession of making it that real. Like 23 years ago, this tornado, this F5, this was the result of it. I, I made up this story that this girl wanted to be with somebody else and to be with that other person. The other person said, well, you need to terminate. I put all the blame on her. On her. I didn't take blame. I mean, I fabricated a story to make me look like try to avoid the blame. Uh, I think the uh, word is narcissist, right? <laughs> oh, I'm not. It's not me. It's everyone else. It's somebody else. I'm, yeah. I'm the innocent one. I'm really on the cause. You know? And that what happened is really something so devastating. 23 years later, still. The effect is still there right yeah and um we tend to tell our kids don't have sex don't do this don't do this but we don't ever logically go out and say here here's the things that could happen we talked in class uh, not uh, was it uh, i think it was the second week we we kind of touched uh, a little bit about the commandments right like don't lie don't kill right. well, what's the reason right you just yeah. say no well you know god through his word tells us hey if, if you if you try to make up your own gods, yeah. this is what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Right? Um, oh man, I have a side one for you later on. <laughs> and so, uh, Stay on target. Yeah, Stay on target. yeah, that's all. <laughs> Just remind me later. Uh, uh, it has to do with idolatry. Uh, anyway, so we go in there. 
But when we rationally think about it, it's like, oh, if I, if I make myself a god, which I did, that's what I leave behind. Man, that's an awful god. Yeah. Right? Then, because we do that, everyone creates their own god that now we're going to project what we feel about ourselves to god with the big G. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? How could you allow this to happen? How could, right? Yeah. And, Look at this woman that you gave me. Yeah. Like, that's a response to the first sin is blame. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It, it's always been that way. It's her fault. <laughs> it's her fault. It's their fault. It's your fault. You know, because you don't want to have this conversation with me. Uh, but I think, I think we are so wretched that we could stay in sin, in the conversation about the sin for a long time. And I think we, the point of this <laughs> is where God wanted it to go. That God gave us the command to have really good sex this way. And the way he did it is through the institution of marriage. And marriage isn't an institution, so I meant, like, he started it. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Because, you know, I think I said a, a few weeks ago, I know I've said it in class on Wednesday night, you know, in Genesis 2.18, said it's not good that man should be alone, so I'll make a helper fit for him. I said, you know, that, that word is only used... 22 times in the Old Testament, every other time that helper is God Almighty saving Israel from complete destruction. They use that same word for Adam's partner. But the way the way that a lot of scripture translates that is kind of like what Hutt was saying today. You know, I'm going to send a helper for you, you know, <laughs> and talking about the Holy Spirit that you know, the helper isn't there. He's not a life coach. Neither is our wife. That the best translation I've heard is a life-saving counterpart. She's built for you. And because I want to bless your relationship, I'm going to set you up for success by putting this amazing person right there with you. <laughs> and if you do it my way, man, it's going to go well. Yeah. What are you looking at? So first, I want to correct myself. It's not Galatians. It's Ephesians 5. <laughs> well, that's why we're not up front. <laughs> yes. That's why, that's why yes. we're doing podcasts in the back of the church building. But <laughs> right now, uh, man, when you're the word that you're talking about, right? And this is why it's so important for us to do actual study and yeah. put context to the words, right? Words are such a powerful thing. Yeah. Right? Um, I think that it's going to tie in perfectly here so obviously you guys are seeing that we're hitting all three things versus being separate so um hopefully you've been following through <laughs> um but just to tie things right the helper mm -hmm. marriage and sex is to show the union of what it's going to be for us and oneness with god right ephesians 5 starting verse 22 uh, of course, you know, it wasn't written here with little titles at the top of it saying wives and husbands. Right. <laughs> but footnotes the, the, and cross-references. Right, yeah. <laughs> wives, submit, submit yourself to your husbands as to the Lord. Here's the important one. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and him 
his, and is himself its savior. Now as a church submit to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and give him, uh, gave himself up for her that he might uh, sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Uh, so that he he might pre uh, present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything or, or such things that she might be holy and without blemish. He's not so, done yet. <laughs> right. But I want to stop there um, to tie it back to what you're saying. Right. She's the helper, but it's the it's like the Holy Spirit. Right. He kind of the today when they were talking about the power of the Holy Spirit leading right why did why did jesus have to leave so that god himself could come and live inside us it'd be it'd be better for me to leave because so, something greater than i is going to come and you're not going to believe it yeah. yeah he's gonna lead right yeah. He's leading. And then uh, when Hud said that today, I was like, oh, come on, yeah. man. Yeah. I heard you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I meant it. I was like, yes. I heard you, brother. I heard you. <laughs> yes. So, oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> I was like, oh. But this is where, where I want to tie it in. And, and for, for the men of the class, this should humble you. We are what to Christ? We are his bride. Us men are his bride. He's the groom. Yeah. He's the leader. So... If we're supposed to play his role here, right? We need all the stuff he does for us. Does he treat I, us? Does he treat us the way we treat our wives? <laughs> Praise God, no. Right, <laughs> right. And and this is context. This is context. This is what he's telling us how we need to treat each other, right? When we are so unified in his word, right, in his ways, and actually following him, I have never felt joy like that ever and that and when jackie hill perry said it not only do i have joy he is, is my, my joy. joy oh my goodness yeah. that's what everything from the beginning was created why sex is good that bonding that imprint one flesh marriage is good it, should, it is such a joke that's so awful when we as men tell other men, why are you gonna go and do that? Why are you gonna go get married? Oh yeah. no! I mean, just right. imagine what you could do if you're not tied down. Yeah. Oh, you know, milk is free. <laughs> oh my goodness! <sighs> right. But, but we need to start before we have the sex talk. I think, right? When we come back, we need to understand marriage, and I think marriage is so important in what we're doing. Obviously, if Paul had it his way, yeah. none of us would be married. <laughs> right. But it seemed like he knew, like, right. I know that's going to be a hard feat uh, for you guys. Because so. I'm not the only wretched guy in here. <laughs> like, go ahead and get married. Go because ahead and get married. the sin is worse than being solely committed to God. You know, that is admittedly way better. Because I can just focus on God. But because... God speaking through Paul, you know, this is inspired. He didn't just come up with this stuff. Um, he, I'm not going to be able to focus on God so much because I need to show Christ to my wife, to this blessing that he gave me. And in just pure 
numbers, Paul says one thing to win it in one verse. The rest, the next 10 verses, he's talking to you and me. He said, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Then he starts talking about husbands. Verse 23 to the end of the chapter, in 33, he's talking to husbands the whole time. So, so like you said, we misuse this just as much as Brandon Robertson does because we miss the context. We miss just the evidence in the text. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, bringing it back to God. And then from then on, husbands, you have no idea what you just signed up for. Because your example as a husband is God in the flesh. And look what he did. If you do us honors and read 28 through 33, because it ties back to Genesis, right? Yep. So. Yeah. Because in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his flesh. I would disagree with him because I have hated my own flesh, but no healthy person has ever hated <laughs> his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherished it just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, and then he quotes Genesis right there. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, mother, and the two shall hold fast, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And that's so much more. You know, Jesus says it in Matthew. Paul reiterates it here. God spoke it in Genesis, and it's more than just the biology, as we talked. But we are connecting, joining these two sinners with the endless potential to serve God in their bodies and in their families, in their church, in their community. And if you do it my way, it will be so much, so good, not even better. It will be so good. And I'm, it won't be a duty. It's going to be something that you, you really like on top of it. So making sex taboo, we, we just highlight the bad. We don't tell how the bad happens, but we also don't tell the good of it. You know, in Mo Isom's book, you know, she talks about how we miss that. That's the conversation we had. Not just we're not having the conversation about why it's bad, but man, we're missing the boat. This is how good doing it's God's way can be. And that's why you want to wait. That's why... You want to seek purity. That's why you want, and virginity is tied up in purity, but purity is so much more than virginity that we honor God with our bodies. We honor God with our hearts, and we don't sell ourselves to the lowest bidder because that's what it is when I don't shave off a part of myself because it hurts in the process. I'm leaving part of me, I'm taking part of her with me, and that just leads to more sin later on. But if we do it God's way, man, it's going to be good. Man, it's going to be holy. You're going to enjoy doing it, and you will not believe the blessing that you're going to be to other people when you show them, yeah, this is our 25th anniversary. Yes, this is our 50th anniversary, and it's not what she puts up in dude this is a blast because it's not just following god god's rules is always for our good and in marriage our good is 
I feel like it's sacrilege, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's almost heaven on earth. Because tying it back to the community of God, God gave us this ordained, God-ordained system. We can find that same unity that God has in heaven. So 32, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying this refers to Christ and the church. That, just what you said, is just a profound thing, right? And 33, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And I think this is great the way it ends because uh, one of the biggest things, right, that that leads people away or to separate is lack of intimacy and then going outside of marriage to go find intimacy and satisfaction in those things. But I, I... when we make our wives know that it's a together thing and we're one, and I'm sorry, beautiful bride of mine, I don't think she's ever denied a relationship that evening. That it's like, oh, I don't have a headache. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like, yeah. And it's not like one of those like, hey, wife, would you like to have some after school activity today, right? right? It is something that just naturally, organically happens and how God is like, here you go. This is your reward. This is, that's just me saying that, but I believe that, like, other than, uh, never mind, that was gonna be gross, but. (laughs) There are boundaries. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) My wife told me there's boundaries, so yes. I don't have boundaries, but uh, uh, Stacy is constantly telling me. <laughs> so we're in this together. Yeah, um, but it is where before when we didn't have the relation, when we didn't have Christ, it was just that. It was a negotiation, it was manipulation, it was all these different things other than what it was supposed to be. But now with centering Christ in our marriage, it's turned out to the original plan. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's important for us not only to talk about sex, but the marriage. And to let you guys know that marriage is a beautiful thing. Is it messy? Yeah. yeah. But think about all the messy art that's worth millions yeah. and millions of dollars. Picasso, Jackson, because, Pollock, like painting stuff upside down and backwards. Because yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. God is the author. God is the artist. This is one of those designs that we just have to appreciate. And that's a great segue into the last thing we want to talk about with redemption is because you're a wretched man and because I'm a wretched man, God rescued us from that body of death. I don't deserve redemption. I can't earn it on my own. I'm not that good. Can't be good enough. But guess what? (laughs) This is the upside down kingdom. (laughs) I'm going to come back in the end. You won't believe this. Not only have I given you this incredible relationship with this other person, I'm going to show you that redemption is possible. I'm going to show you how good I am. Watch this. I'm going to redeem both of you. We talked about last week, farthest from the east is from the west. I can go on forever and not reach the other side. That's how much I can redeem your wretchedness. That's how 
That's how good I am. That's how great I am. That's how powerful I am. That's how much I love you. Mm. I'm not going to let you die in your sin. I love you so much. I'm going to send part of myself to you to do what you couldn't do. But not only that, I'm going to make sure that you still have part of me with you in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to continue to sanctify that. I'm going to continue to make you better. And that's different than the salvation is part of the story, but it's not the thing. Salvation is that moment you said it, you know, yanking people off the battlefield, plugging that sucking chest wound, you know, sewing that arm back on. It is that just that trauma medicine. That's that salvation is dragging you out of that that sin. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to heal you. Then I'm going to redeem all this stuff. Then you won't believe what I've got for you next because I'm still working in you. I'm still working with you. I still want you to be part of this story. And I want you to be part of the story so much that I'm going to make, I'm going to make it all right. Not all right, all right. Separate words. I'm going to make it all good. And not in spite of all that stuff, just period. I'm going to make it good again. I'm going to make it right again. And no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared. That's part of it. That I suck and I don't deserve a single thing. And you're, you're going to do this for me? And this constant reminder of your greatness in my presence I just want to talk about how great our God is because everybody else gave up on me. I gave up on myself in all definitions, terms of that relationship. That should have been the end, but God. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's a good way for me to bring back something you said earlier. I don't want to misquote it. So, but I'll give you the, where you talked about virginity. It's like, it's not the everything. Yeah. Right. It's important, right? The purity of the virginity is important, but it's not the everything. And don't don't misunderstand that we're saying go and have sex outside of marriage. Right. If you if you find yourself like you and I were having sex outside of the marriage, that you can see God is here to redeem you. Yeah. It's you having sex outside of marriage does not I does not you that's not your identity. God's your identity. There's no scarlet right. letter. Scarlet yeah. letter is not consistent with scripture. Yeah. Um, that is not your identity. That's not who you are. That, exactly. We are all broken people. We all do stupid things. We all do we do all things, right? There's those people that have their virginity, but they are many of those that find other ways to do yeah. to do it. They're <laughs> it. air quote virgins, <laughs> but they're not pure. Yeah. And so the purity culture drove people away from purity into just legalism because I haven't done that act. But even if you do, there's life after death. There's, you know, you said it earlier, this rebirth of virginity, what'd you call it? Yeah, reborn virginity. Yeah, reborn virginity. It sounds goofy, but that really is what God does. He doesn't, he doesn't change the past, but he 
redeems it. He makes it new. He makes it good again. And because there has to be grace, because there has to be forgiveness, we have to understand that is just one sin and probably isn't your most sinful decision today. Because it started, we hear about at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, you've heard it said, don't murder, but I want your heart. So you've heard it said, don't have sex outside of marriage, but I want purity for you, not just for your actions, but that's how good it can be. I, Jesus wants our heart. So if we've had sex before we're supposed to, yes, that happened. That doesn't define you. We talked about shame last week. You are guilty of sin, period, the end. That isn't your identity. Yes, you are a sinner, but you're redeemed by grace. And I've, I've seen people be a whole lot more sinful on social media <laughs> than you sleeping with your boyfriend because that keeps going. I'm getting a high off that sin, hating my brother, you know, committing murder in my heart and not comparing sin. But I think that's more sinful because at least the sexual sin is behind closed doors. But on social media, <laughs> I'm in front of God and everybody because man, I'm right, doing it the wrong way. So God redeems marriages, but he redeems individuals who, because we're going to sin. I said it before, I didn't get into drugs, didn't get into alcohol. Sex was my thing, but I didn't get into those other things. I get, I understand sexual sin. God doesn't just redeem that through marriage because marriage isn't our God. Marriage isn't our savior. God uses marriage as a way to know him better but Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God uses marriage to redeem lots of things, but it's not because of the marriage. It's just the, the method that is, up, that is revealing itself. Jesus didn't die on the cross and, and raise from the dead to save married people. Jesus died on the cross and raised from the bed, dead to redeem everybody. So You mean not the perfect? <laughs> not just the perfect not just the i mean he, we can talk about that you know talking to the pharisees you you tithe your dill and your cumin but you neglect the weightier matters of the law and the church is still doing that we're still tithing our dill and, our, and those were the most insignificant thing i'm imagining like a you know your kitchen flower box like it's right there, man. Just how stupid you are. Just worry about that stuff. All these other important things. If you're sleeping with your boyfriend, you're sleeping with your girlfriend. Yes, that's sinful. We want to help you through that. And we've shown each other, you and I, Jeff Anthony, that we all know that what I'm doing is wrong. So we don't really have to talk about that. Let's figure out how to get past it. Help you understand the reason. And Jesus is the reason that we can be free of that. And he's the reason that we want to be free from that. But he's also the reason we can be forgiven. And that forgiveness happens outside of marriage. It happens outside the church. <laughs> God meets you where you are. Yes, that's sin. I've got so much more for you. You are safe with God because he knows it all. Like I said, a few, one of the first weeks, he sees you in your sin. He sees you in your pain. He sees you in your guilt. He's not projecting that shame on you. And we see you because we know life sucks. We've given our bona fides. <laughs> we know what sin is. 
and it's miserable, that doesn't define you. That's not how God defines you. That's not how Jeff Anthony and I define you. That's not the way Stacy and Edith define you. Yes, that's evil, but let it's done. What about what are you gonna do now? We're gonna leave it there. Yeah. What are you going to do now? What are you gonna do? Go and sin no more. Yes. It's the church needs to be a hospital, and like we said, more a triage. Yeah. Like battlefield medic. And this is a battlefield. God did not leave Adam by himself. He created a partner, a wife to be with him. You have brothers, you have sisters, you have people here that are here for you. We are here for you. Most of all, our father is always there for you. Daddy is here. And I think about, and you guys can do it, when you needed the most help and that cry that you had for daddy. And when daddy comes to your rescue, daddy's waiting, always waiting, always. And it's gonna change yeah. everything. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you so much. Yes, Lord. For what? Mm. For everything. Everything. Lord, it's just truly amazing. I said it last week and I'll say it every single day. It's amazing that you want us. Yeah. Lord, I want you as much as you want me, Lord. Help me. Make it so. Yes, absolutely. And I thank you so much for these group of you. Younger brothers and sisters, Lord, Sean and I, you know our hearts. And we poured it out in this podcast that we never, ever, ever want anyone to go through what we went through. And Lord, we're willing to walk through the fire yes, because we know we won't be burnt. There won't even be the smell of smoke on us because you're with us, Lord. Help us to be there for them. Help us to do your work. Lord, thank you so much for your messengers. Thank you for... Your Holy Spirit that leads the way. Yes. Thank you so much. We love you. We praise you in the name of your son, Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This concludes this week's podcast. Just remember, when the world tries to get you to backslide, all you got to say is, nah, bro.